Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rant. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show today. Notice what I said. Thank you for being a part of the show because you are all a part of the show today. Well, you're always a part of the show, always, because what again? Let's see who will say it word first. Why are you a part of the show every day again? I'm going to wait for somebody to type in why they are a part of the show every day. I want to see who gets the right answer. Who gets the right answer? Come on now, let's go for it. Anyhow, folks, welcome aboard. AVQ, El Senor Rodnan, welcome to Politics and Right. Eric Hayes, welcome to Politics and Right. Lee Grant, welcome to Politics and Right. Melanie Keelan from Barcelona, Spain, welcome to Politics Done Right, as well as E2247. Welcome to Politics Done Right and the wonderful, the beautiful, the queen, La Reina, Bridge MCP. How are you doing today, my beautiful lady? Welcome to Politics Done Right. Michael Rudnan brought something to read. It has been a while that he has started the program with something to read. So we must honor El Senor Rudnan by reading what he brought. He says, from USA Today, Republican presidential hopefuls are vowing to wage a war on woke. But a new USA Today Ipsos poll finds a majority of Americans are inclined to see the word as a positive attribute, not a negative one. 56% of those surveyed say the term means to be informed, educated on, and aware of social injustices. That includes not only three-fourths of Democrats, but also uh, more than a third of Republicans. Over Overall, 39% say instead that the word reflects what has become the GOP political definition to be overly politically correct and police others' words. That's the view of 56% of Republicans. Independents by 51 to 45 say woke means being aware of social injustice, not being overly politically correct. The findings raise questions about whether Republican campaign promises to ban policies at schools and workplaces they denounce as woke could boost a contender in the party's primary, but put them at odds with the broader public opinion in, in the general election. The Republican definition to police others' words need expanding on. Did you ever say something racist and or hateful? Got a lot of pushback, then got mad? Yep, those fault is that, I mean, whose fault is that? Really, Republicans have to understand that the majority of Americans, them crusading against being woke as being against justice. Focusing on culture war nonsense rather than kitchen table economic issues is a losing position that will only get worse for Republicans over time as we prove the axiom again that the moral arc of history bends towards justice. So true. You know, Michael, that is the best piece in a while that you have brought. I mean, you always bring good pieces, but this one is solid because I think it it bears mentioning. I, you, you remember a few days ago, I said, I am a proud woke person. And while they look at woke as something about injustices, you know, mostly they talk about injustices. I like to expand it because when we're talking about injustices, rarely, rarely are people thinking about an economic system as it affects not only, let's say, people of color, women, or other aggrieved identities. I want to put it into the domain that woke is also an economic term, meaning how the economic system aggrieves all except 
the select few. I am trying to bring us all into the same boat as we actually are. So it's important. Thank you for bringing that. That was a great piece. And it's great that Americans are not falling. But let me tell you, we have to be, we have to have people who go out there and say, I am a, I'm proud to be woke. I am woke. And the reason why we need people out there saying that is remember what the Republicans have done to the word liberal. They made liberal a good thing, wanting to do right by people, wanting to liberalize. In fact, we live in a liberal democracy. That word is a good word. And for the longest time, we allowed them to turn liberal into something that means something bad. When the ones who are holding people back, by definition of the word, conservative, let's conserve, let's keep things as they were before, right? And do, does people like me want things like they were before? Hell no. Do I want to go back to the 60s, the 50s? No. The 40s, the 30s, the 20s? No. Only the people without empathy can say that they want to be conservatives. You know, I always found an oxymoron that any person of color can be a conservative. I always find an oxymoron that any woman can be a conservative. I always find an oxymoron that any um, of my white brothers can be conservative when the theories behind that way of being materially hurts them from moving forward. Not liberalism, not be, not the woke, none of that. Every, all these other things are trying to build everybody up. But conservatism, by definition, says, let's keep things the old-fashioned way. Let's keep things the way they were. Let's keep things the way they used to be. And in doing so, it means the only people with property or capital are really matters. And then we all come sucking and begging to the few that have. It is time to dispel that altogether. Welcome aboard as well, Paul Fleming Sr. Welcome aboard, May Wood. Welcome aboard, welcome aboard, welcome aboard. All right, let's see. Uh, but he says, we learn the truth and also get along with all. Absolutamente sí, con mi, mi hermana. Exactamente, correctamente, correcto. March 2023, Ensor update. No more La Nina. Atmosphere is a little more complicated. We'll see some indications of La Nina, like strengthened water circulation. It's amazing, right? Um, La Nina and El Nino, we don't know what it's going to be anymore. Remember El Nino, I think, would be the dry spell, La Nina, the wet spell, or vice versa. Help me out. Remind, remind me which one, it, which one it is for the Pacific Coast. I don't remember. Anyhow, anyhow. Eric Hayes says, if you change the pre-AP programs in school to bring standards down to a basic level for everyone, who benefits? Here, no one. I agree. I don't want bringing down any standard. AP courses supposed to be the difficult courses. You know, my daughter in high school here at Kingwood High, every single course that she took was AP. She was mad at us for telling her she had to do that. But we had a suggestion from a neighbor who was a teacher who told us, that to qualify for the University of Texas or top university in Texas, you had to fall within the top 7%. And the only way to get there is you had to be on a lot of AP courses because when they add up all the numbers, because the AP courses have such weight, nobody without AP courses rarely, would rarely get into the University of Texas. So um, I'm with you, Eric. I don't want dumbing down any AP program and they shouldn't. 
dumbed down NAAP program. So if you're trying to tell me that somewhere that's happening, I don't know. I haven't read of anywhere that's happening, but if that's the case, it shouldn't be. Egberto Willis, I would like to know what woke means to the conservatives here. Uh, well, I heard on a station, since woke was really a black-promoted uh, moniker, I repeat, since woke was a black-promoted uh, black moniker, many uh, in, the, in the intelligentsia have been saying that that was a code word uh, to give certain people, to trigger certain people in saying, uh, to associate that with blackness. And you know, to many, associating anything with blackness in America means to sort of uh, demonize it. So that is what I understand in some literature that I've read. E2247 says, when will California snow melt? By September? Actually, I think it's before that, right? All of that comes down to the, to the different rivers. And I think, in fact, I think the spring, starting now, we're going to start seeing massive floods from rivers that are ice-fed, if I recall what I read correctly. Lee Grant says, woke suggests an obsession about social justice issues, a racial lens, and a generational guilt. Okay, I can take the first two, uh, Lee Grant, the social justice issues and the racial lens, right? But the generational guilt, I don't want any white person to go out there feeling generational guilt, but I want every white person to understand that, in effect, uh, compared to, and we're talking here in the aggregate, of course, right? Um, like, I am not going to compare myself with, let's say, a, a black person in the middle of the ghetto who didn't have the resources to be educated or whatever. I, or I, because I can give that person, I can go to Appalachia and find that white person who I had many economic benefits over that white person. And, you know, for me to say, oh, I, I suffered all of that. The one thing, however, is I, if I put a, here's where the racial thing comes in, brother Lee Grant. If I put a suit on, to an uneducated white brother from Appalachia, fix him up, put the suit on, nice haircut. And I put a suit on, nice, well, I don't, my hair, no haircut, but you, you get the point. And we both go in for, into a bank. I can guarantee you, because it's, it's happened before. And that only happened before. When, when one of my white brothers went, I told you guys a story when my white brother went biking with me and he saw this, this thing occur. I go into a bank and let's say we walk in. I, let's say I walk in about 30 seconds before this guy. I guarantee you the person that will get the attention is the uneducated white guy from uh, Appalachia. Now, let me tell you better. You may say, oh, but that may be, uh, that may be uh, anecdotal. True. That would be something anecdotal. But when you do the calculations as far as wages in this country and, and you look at uh, a college-educated, just a college-educated black person compared to, let's say, a white person that doesn't have a college education, this country's dynamic still puts, economically speaking, that white person with just a college education ahead. Can you believe that? 
It's all in the numbers. And that's why I tell folks, let's not listen to Fox News. Let's not listen to the fallacy that somehow uh, pe- people of color get in some sort of, a, uh, some sort of a helping hand now or some sort of an entry into the system that somehow it puts these other people, white people, at a disadvantage. It doesn't really. Because they have already received that which we speak about. GI Bill that was not allowed uh, by many uh, of the, the black black uh, and other uh, people of color in the military. Uh, loans, etc. I mean, it, it goes. And what we ask for those of us that are woke, we say all of those need to come into the number analyses, which rarely are. Which rarely are. All right, Eric Hayes says it's proven uh, having family meals at night are beneficial for all the family with lower problems than if you go on your own individual. Of course, family is always, that is because you get a support system, okay? Maywood says, this reminds me how to podcast the St. Egberto on this subject, not for an article or show, but rather for information, talking points. And entertainment. Thank you, Brother Wood. You sent me one that I've yet to see. Lee Grant says, Woke also carries a neo-Marxist view of oppressed versus oppressor. I don't know what you mean by neo-Marxist. That Marxism points out uh, correctly that there is an oppressed and there's an oppressor. You know, I don't know what what you would even put into that. Why would argue about that? And that that I'm even not, I'm not even a Marxist scholar, but there's there is an oppressed and there is an oppressor. You go ask the indigenous people in America. You go ask all the black folks that had to uh, to, to to raise themselves up. You ask all the Chinese folks that were brought sort of a let's have the competition between these folks so that these folks don't get ahead too much. This is These are all documented things that you can see. In fact, you can go ahead and listen to some of the verbiage that came out of the discussion of some of these issues. You know what? You know what I love about TikTok these days? While we can't teach certain things in schools, TikTok has made a lot of things, myself as well, aware of a lot of things that I could then go ahead and do more research to validate what they were talking about. So it's important for, for a lot of folks to do it. You, you, have to, you have to choose if you want to be willfully ignorant on these issues or choose that you want to be enlightened. But you can't choose to allow a Fox News to prevent you from enlightening yourself. Carl Cox says economics is a joke. Uh, use has an excuse for the destruction of the non-mega rich. We live in a country ruled by crony capitalism, which means economy works for the mega rich corporations, which is very true. Which is absolutely true. All right, Egberto, taking uh, down pre-app is part of the woke agenda. Who told you that? Who told you that? And that's what I mean. You get all this misinformation that you believe without any valid proof. They just say, poof, and you guys go run with it. Woke. Everything is woke now. The killing of the people in Mexico, woke. The, the banks failing, woke. It is. It it takes such limited thinking to look at that. I gave a good analysis today on my show. I, I should probably do it here as well. But I'm sorry. Uh, whenever you use woke in that manner, Eric, it makes you look less than intelligent. I hate to put it that way, but it makes you look. It makes you sound like a parrot without any method of deep thinking. And I'm saying, grow out of it. <laughs> 
You can. I know you personally. You're an intelligent person. Don't allow Fox News to do what they need to do to the right to ensure that we get that sort of minority rule. Don't, don't allow yourself to get dumb because they're doing a good job of it. Uh, Bridge MCP says the definition of woke changes depending on who you ask. The term has recently been used by some conservatives as an insult against progressive values. The term, however, was originally coined by progressive black Americans and used in racial justice uh, elements in the early mid-1900s. To be woke politically in the black community means that someone is informed, educated, and conscious of social justice and racial inequality. Uh, Miriam Webster Dictionary states one of its earliest use was in historical recording of the protest song Scottsboro Boys by Lead Belly. And in that recording, it was used as a term about staying aware of the potential for racist violence as a black person in America. The term in one of its contemporary meanings began to gain more popularity at the start of the Black Lives Matter movement in 2014. You know, but when you come with these true definitions, you know, again, unfortunately, you know, it it, it gets kind of mangled. Uh, give them a minute. They invariably will reply, will describe anything they don't like about our culture, anything to do with equity. Yeah, you're right. Daniel says, Daniel Ado, welcome aboard, Daniel, for being here. He says... Uh, woke is viewed as a religion by the right. Well, I feel sorry that you believe that. It's not, it's not my fault that you are uneducated, the right is uneducated on the word, but they chose to use it and run with it. So they spread their unintelligent wording around. Feel sorry for you. It's woke to attach racial motivation to anything. Um, wait a minute. Racial motivation. Is there anything that has racial motivation in your opinion, Lee Grant? Paul Fleming says, I sent you a video explaining woke a few days ago, and I saw it. Uh, wait, did I see that one? Because some More than one person sent me a woke video. I don't know. I'll look for it, uh, Paul Fleming. I'll look for it. Um, and so uh, a single climate phenomenon, it's, it has three states or phases it can be in. El Nino, a warming of the oceans or above average sea temperature in the central and eastern tropical. So, I mean, if it's a warming of the water, that means more vapor in the air. If more vapor in the air, that means more rain, right? La Nina, a cooling of the ocean or below average sea surface temperature in the central, which would bring drought, so as I recall. Paul Fleming Sr. says, just watch trading places with Eddie Murphy. Paul, trading places with Eddie Murphy was the I used it in one of my books. I think I think it's in my um How to Make America Utopia book because that trading places uh and for anybody who knows what trading places about, I'm going to say it in 2 minutes. Numero uno. Eddie Murphy was a vagabond playing like he is crippled on the street trying to collect money from people begging for money. And there was this Harvard or print or, or Ivy League educated guy who was uh, working with his wife's family as a stockbroker and a broker, a broker of all kinds of things, orange juice, bacon, everything. And the two brothers had a bet. They bet that uh, education, intelligence had nothing to do with race, which anybody who listens to me, 
I believe race is a stupid thing because there's no real race, right? My genetic differences between Brother Ledo may be very small compared to my genetic differences with my own sister. No, it's hard to believe, but that's true. All right, so here's the other interesting things, right? Here's the other interesting thing. So they made a bet, and the bet said, I bet you that it has nothing. If we culture that black vagabond appropriately, and we unculture, meaning give the white guy that was a stockbroker a bad life, make bad things happen to him. He would turn into the vagabond and the vagabond would turn into uh, the stockbroker. And they did it. And they magically did it. And Eddie Murphy in no time became a stockbroker and a very successful one that was even better than the previous one and better than the two brothers. And I remember the scene in the bathroom. And this is important. I, I want to tell you guys this because it, it's prescient. Um, after this was over, the white guy turned into a thief and all kind of stuff to survive. He had to survive. It's something uh, Brother Rudnan speaks about all the time. Crime comes from having many times survival and then becoming a, a way of being, right? So the, the, father, the, the two brothers go into the bathroom and Eddie Murphy... The new stock guy who's been successful as hell. And by the way, one other thing. Eddie Murphy developed a disdain for his old poor friends who, when they came over to his house, misbehaved not like the upper class that he had become, but like who they always were. It, it, it kinda, that, that movie had so many subplots in it. So anyhow, so anyhow. What happened then is the brothers are in the bathroom. Eddie Murphy is in the bathroom smoking a joint, okay? And the two brothers think the bathroom is empty. And they're like, oh, I guess, Arthur, you were right. It has nothing to do with race or something like that. So you won the bet. And you know what? You know what the bet was? These are two billionaires. The bet was $1. So they destroyed a white guy's life and they brought up a black guy's life to, 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 to be a successful stockbroker. And the brother, after they, he paid him the dollar, he said, so what are we going to do? Are we bringing back John into the corporation? They said, hell no. Look at what he did to himself. Wait a minute. Does that mean we are going to keep Eddie Murphy, whatever his name was? And the guy says, hell no. We are not going to have an N-word in this business. And Eddie Murphy heard all of this. So Eddie Murphy went and found the guy. And when he found the, the, the stockbroker that turned bad, the two of them got together. They did some magic, cornered the orange, I think it was the orange juice market or the, the, the belly market, I don't remember which one, and bankrupted. They knew how because he was on the inside. They, they, they fooled these guys into making a big bet. They bankrupted uh, the, the two brothers and those two guys became rich living in the Caribbean, both Eddie Murphy and the white guy that they, they, they messed up. But here's the kicker. Like I said, that, that there were so many subplots in that story. 
It was about what happens when you get rich if you lose your head. You forget where you come from. Number two, it showed you that crime and all these things had more to do with social economic issues than anything else. Number three, it shows you how the stock market is nothing more than a gambling casino, not based on anything real. And there are about five of them, five different things that one movie. And I wondered as I watched that movie, if those guys who wrote the movie understood what they were doing, not only on social effect, social realities, but also on economic realities, which prove that our system effectively is a fraud made to enrich the few who are part of it. I always wondered about that because it was a powerful movie. It's in one of my books. I don't remember which book I wrote, wrote it in, but it's in one of my books. Anyhow, Bruce Pollard says, I'm back for more. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bridge MCP says, Neo-Marxism is a Marxist school of thought encompassing 20th century approaches that amend or extend Marxism and Marxist theory, typically by incorporating elements from the intellectual traditions such as critical theory, psychoanalysis, or existentialism. Uh, thank you for putting that out there. Uh, Michael Rudnan says, Marxism always talks about the class struggle, worker class versus owner class. Why conservatives talk about Marxism without understanding that point is a matter of them being propagandized against their own interests. That is a very true statement. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, Paul Fleming says, go to the library. I'm old school. There's not much more powerful than a good book. Very true. Uh, Peggy Lopez says, hi all. Only here for a little bit to make a run to Chico. Thank you for being here, however time you spend with us, Peggy. Peggy also says, I still have no idea what folks are talking about when I hear someone use the word woke. Rip, just think about it. They're not really thinking about anything sensible. So don't worry about it. Coming out of the box that our mind washing has done to us is a lot of work and painful. Don't get painful. You know, a guy a guy came and met me today at, at KPFT. Uh, he says he reads all my substacks and and all of that, and he and he, he just wanted to meet me. And I introduced myself to him, and he said, "You know, but I sometimes I wonder how you take it." I said, "There's one thing with me. Doesn't matter what you tell me. It doesn't matter how you tear me down. I never get torn down, ever. There's nothing you can say to me that's going to stop me from moving ahead in this project of making us a better country. Just me, and I mean, what I'm saying, there are." Hundred thousands of folks trying to do this. I'm just one of the many, and there's nothing that that will stop me other than death or incapacity. Nothing will stop me because when I left my company, this was my, or when I left the company that I created, this was the goal. The goal was to be able to survive doing this and making it forward. In other words, it wasn't about asking, oh, you know. And this is what I told him. I told him I used to, you know, when I was doing my thing. I used to constantly ask, why? Why Why don't somebody do something about that? And then I finally said, what the hell are you talking about? Who's that other somebody? You know, somebody got to be somebody. Somebody had to be Martin Luther King. Somebody had to be Malcolm X. Somebody had to be, you know, any one of these people that made a difference in society. And I'm not trying to equate myself with any of these guys in the least. That would be, that would be completely you know what, uh, conceded. But I'm saying I can do my little micro part and that's what I intend to do. Uh, let's see what else we got. Norman Reynolds is in the house. He says the woke haters would want you to ignore history, generational poverty, malnutrition, or all the fault of the individual and one's family. Oh, well, how much time do I have? Oh man, I didn't realize that. 
Uh, how much? Yeah, okay. I'm going to have to play the video right now, folks. I'm going to finish reading this because I want you to see what happened to a woman here in Kingwood. And then I'll finish these up after this program. So let's go there. Let's go listen. And I'll, I'll continue reading what I have here. But let's go listen to, um, to uh, what's her name? Luisa Fernanda uh, Montaya. Uh, uh, Mon- well, Montaya? Okay, let's go ahead and listen to her. What is your name, ma'am? Luisa Montoya. Uh, Luisa, how long have you lived in Kingwood, Texas? We just moved here six months ago. And did you did you meet your neighbors as you came here and started to move in, or? No, we moved here from Miami. Uh-huh. We moved six months ago. You know, with a giant <laughs> big truck, and everything was fine at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you when you came here, is there anything special that you did that you know that made you? Uh, that made you distinguishable from anybody else around here? Yeah, so when I moved here, I noticed that, of course, we were on a the political campaign. Everybody had their sign, who they were voting. So I, I thought at the moment that, oh, how welcoming, right? You can, you can put it in your front yard. Mm-hmm. You can do that. So I decided to put uh, our gay flag, mm-hmm. and we put a political sign. Mm-hmm. And did their neighbors respond to that at all, or? <laughs> well, that's where the nightmare began. Okay. The first thing I start by, they were ringing at the door multiple times. And at the beginning, because you know when you just move, you're unpacking and doing things, so we didn't pay that much attention. Start bothering us, our two kids who are part of the school district started getting bully, bully, uh, calling derogatory names. Then that's when everything started. Then on October, they put toilet paper on their house. When you say toilet paper on your house, what do you mean? Like on, all over the house. On your house and the plants and so forth. Yeah, they put that everywhere. Right. So the following day, I knocked at the window because I didn't have cameras at the right. time. So I went around and I asked the neighbors and everybody said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. We saw that that happened to you. Nobody helped me. I guess nobody had cameras. So I went and purchased the cameras. I put, put them around the house. Then a couple days after, oh, and I called the police. They mm-hmm. said that that was not a crime. Uh, I have to wait until there was a crime to happen. So The police told yeah, you yeah, that, was that somebody crime. vandalizing your property yeah, was not that, a crime. Yeah, they say that that was not a crime. Then that, that's what happened. Then one day a man was recording my house. You saw a, a man outside. Uh, yeah, the camera recorded me. On your flag or? Um, it was recording my entire house. Okay. So I was trying to give the benefit of the doubt and I contact the agency that I used to rent this property mm-hmm. and I asked them, oh, do you think maybe it was the owner of the house who was recording the house? And she explained me that I know they have multiple properties. She said, let me do some background and say maybe if we send someone. Um, and she told me no. She said she was the one who told me call the police. So I called the police. The same thing. Oh, that's not considered a crime. You have to wait until a crime happened to you. Yeah. Then last week, and my kids continue getting bullied at school. I removed the little one, the twelve-year-old. I removed him from the school district. A uh, couple of things happened, and I talked to the school. They didn't do anything. I just feel it so much. 
So as we moved him from the school district, then last week, as well, we were here at home, at the house, and someone broke our window. I thought at the moment that my kids broke something in the house. Right. I hear a lot of glasses. So I thought maybe they were doing the dishes and they broke something. And my 17-year-old came super pale. And that's when he said someone just broke in. So he said, I'm going to go and see who did it. Because this entire time, we don't have anyone. They are harassing us, they are causing us, they are bullying us, but we don't have names. We don't know who's doing this. So my kid got out of the house to see who did it. Right. And he found them and now they started bullying Certain him. Ah, I see, gotcha. That's what I wanted to get Yeah, to. Okay. and they, with their bikes, they were hitting him with their bikes. So that's when I started going really slow and they split on two. So one, one of, uh, of half of the group Mm-hmm. Keep bullying my kid, and the other half was going the other way. So I went really slow, and one of them realized that I was connected with it, the crime that just happened. Right. And he started screaming and telling them something, so they started going on their bikes. So I had the windows down already, so I started um, honking and asking for help. So I was screaming, please, please, someone help me. I have been a victim of And this happened right on the street. Yeah, yeah, I hate crime. A car was coming, so I parked in certain way that that car in front of me had to stop, so I get out of the car. That's when I knew that, um, these young adults were from the neighborhood because they disappeared. Right. Like, they knew the neighborhood. So I was crying, shaking, and I told these people who were coming from the car, I said, please, please call the police, you have to help me. Did anybody call the police? So my 12-year-old, I stay on the house, called the police, and those neighbors called the police as well. So they called, they called the police, and this person realized that on his bike, he wasn't going to get so far. I think the bike was too big for him. Right. Right? So he just left the bike and got into one of the houses. So I'm screaming, please call the police. So I hear this person say, hey, I'm with the police already. Uh, they say that someone has already called. And I say, yeah, that's my child who called. Have they dispatched anyone? And she say, no, they haven't. Yeah, which created a huge concern because my 12-year-old have called. At the moment that we left, right. he called the police, but they didn't dispatch anyone. Right. So this person says, on their way, on their way. And I say, okay, someone help me. Um, the bike is there, and I knew that that was the evidence. I say that bike. It has your fingerprints in it. And serial number too, right? Bikes have serial numbers with the owner. And I knew that that was the evidence. The only evidence I have to resolve this hate crime that has been coming for months. I grabbed the bike. I put it on the trunk. Then he came back from nowhere and started pushing me. Okay, this this young man actually touched you. Yeah. And he pushed you. Yeah. Multiple times. I mean, you can see I have bruises. Right. He kept pushing me. I keep standing out. He kept pushing me. The person who called the police said, surprising that they did nothing. They keep telling him, like, stop it, stop it, don't do it. But they didn't do anything, right? So I got, I tried, I'm shaking, remember, and I tried to get my phone. I recorded him when he was leaving and he covered his face. So he knew what he was doing was so bad. So he covered his face and he left. So... I came to my house, which is super close. Then finally I came to my house and I was really scared because how they disappeared. I was thinking, okay, I have a 17 year old. Right. I have a 12 year old. 
And as a mother, it's like, who do I choose on this second? Right? They are hitting my 17-year-old. Or this one. My 12-year-old. So at the time, I say, let me go and get the 12-year-old. So I drove here to my house. I parked in my house. So I started knocking super loud so he knew that I was here or in case someone was beating him up. He knows why my mom is here. So I started honking. Then he got out of the house. Um, and the owner of the bike showed up again. And that's when he went with everything that he had pushing me and pushing me. The owner of the bike. Yeah. So he, he appears from nowhere. And you had his bike. So, so I park, I park, right? And I get out of the car to see my 12 year old. And the owner shows up again, and that's when he went with everything, pushing and pushing me. I got the phone again, and I'm screaming, and that's the little video that we have with his face, the, the best thing that we can that do, because in those moments, yeah. you will, are scared. And he has started pushing my 12-year-old. Your 12-year-old, so this is right here in the garage yeah. now. I mean, in the, uh, in yeah. the driveway here. Yeah. He pushed you down. Yeah. He pushed, so he, that was uh, actually an assault. On both your kid and yourself. Uh, did this kid get arrested? No. Did, you, did, did the police show up? So my 17-year-old showed up, right? And my 17-year-old is screaming, let my mom go, let my mom go. He finally leaves, right? So we call the police. The police showed up. So I'm shaking and I'm telling the story. And she said, do you have the video? And I showed the video, and the first thing she said was like, oh, this is a Hispanic kid. Wait, uh, she just, first of all, why did, did that matter to them? Because for them, it did. And I told her, I said, no, that's not a Hispanic kid. And she said, she's trying to put words on my mind, right? Yeah. And she said, yeah, he has dark skin. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean that you're Hispanic. He's not. But my question is, why did, that was a police officer? Yeah. And the police officer, as you're recording this kid mm -hmm. and telling the kid, showing yeah. her the video of the kid, mm -hmm. her first words uh, were that this was a Hispanic kid. Mm -hmm. What did that have to do with you being assaulted? Thank you, what is that? I just want to make sure that I'm understanding you right. Yeah. After you showed the video, this, person, this cop just said, that's a Hispanic kid that was assaulting you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I do report that it's upsetting and it's frustrating. Anyway, so she took the information, right? And she leaves. Um, my husband at the time was in Miami anyway, so um, we are all crying in the house, right? We are panicking, PTSD, everything that you can imagine that we are going through. Take your time, take your time. Two days after, we are here in the house, and I heard someone ringing, right? And now we are on panic mode. Uh, and I see on the ring, right? And I see these three young adults. So I answered. They hear I have an accent, and the first thing they say is, are you a retard? And I say, I need you to leave. I'm going to call the police. 
And that's when they say, uh, you, AFB, we're going to bump you, huh? I need you guys to leave now. I'm going to call Hello? the police. Are you retarded? Are you retarded? You a dumbass bitch. Yeah, fuck you. We're gonna come hey, fuck house. you. Don't take his bike, bitch. We'll fucking fuck your house. And these three young adults, did you know who they are? One of them identified as being the stepbrother of the owner of the bike. And so they, they knew the owner of the bike. And uh, now, does your son know any of these people at school or anything? Mm-hmm. No, they're just having bullying us since we put the flag. So they're 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 not associated per mm-hmm. se with your kid. They're just here to bully you because you have a flag. Mm-hmm. And now, how are the police officers responding now that we've had a second attempt? The police officers, it can be very challenging because the way that they handle it, the lack of empathy. I have been when I called them, for example, yesterday there was another incident and I was just asking her if I can help the little piece of paper that they are giving me. And she got very frustrated with me, uh, even that she was raising her voice and I said, you don't have to raise your voice. Wait, wait, explain. Uh, what do you mean by you call them another incident? Occurred? Yeah, so more incidents have happened. We have another one with the owner of the bike trying to break into our garage. So I called, there have been five incidents in a week now. This week? Yeah. Yeah, so the last one that happened is that they came with a megaphone at 11.30 p.m. And they were calling us the F-slur. And we are outside, you... It's very... It's against the LGBTQ community. There's no doubt. And when I called the police, and I... Because every time I do a report, they give me the report, the little paper... So I asked her yesterday if I can have a new one, and she got very frustrated, and she started raising her voice on me, and I told her I just want a paper trail for what has happened. I just need that, and she was very frustrated. So with the police officer, it has been a challenge. With the investigators, it has been a whole different feeling. They have been here. They spend time with us. They show empathy. They care. They follow up. So it, it has been a whole different experience with, with both teams. It almost seems as if they were... Um uh, appeasing those who came and I think the frustrating part has been for me I don't know how to address this if someone tells me I'm gonna bomb your house I believe that right I believe it, it's actually a terroristic yeah yes. that is what that is defined and as a I told that threat. so when I make the phone call and the police officer came back which was the first one the same person who told me about the Hispanic kid I showed her the new video, and she said, they're not going to bomb your house. And I said, I'm telling you, I'm scared. I believe if they have done so much, they keep coming back, and they're telling me they're going to bomb my house. I believe they're going to bomb my house. Well, it's not only that. It's the fact that we have the same young adults yeah. coming to your home again. Yes. And the police officers seemingly not doing nothing, which encourages them to do it again because they show, it shows a lack of respect for 
a community member. This is an issue with the police department as well. Yeah. Uh, because if certain young people did this, I would imagine that there would be other types of responses, don't you think? It's so big because it's the school system that didn't help me. It is the police, the frustration. When you have an accident, you get treated so disrespectful. And I can guarantee if I look different, if I talk different, and if they look different, it will be so different. And to have the police officer trying to convince me to say that I was a Hispanic kid, to try to have the police officer to tell me they're not going to bomb your house. Really? Because they look like that? Right? Because these ones don't look Hispanic, right? But when the first one looked Hispanic, she wanted to take a different approach. But this was the now don't look Hispanic at all. Now she's like, oh, you're fine. No. Well, uh, just as a matter of information for you, uh, I also live in Kingwood, and this is Spain now. And my house was actually firebombed. So for them to tell you that it wouldn't happen, uh, they do it here. They, and and I, want, I don't want to be part of the statistics. I don't, weep. I don't want to be part of the data. I don't want that. We are doing nothing. The worst thing that I have done, being a proud parent of my kids who are part of the LGBTQ community, and I adore those kids, and I'm going to fight with them. I mean, I mean, look, I got beat up. Have you filed charges yet? They told me I have to wait. So I asked them, I said, I'm really worried. They're going to, I haven't even left my house. I'm a runner. I like to run and I haven't even got out to run because I'm so scared. I am so scared. And I asked them, what is the next step? And they say, you just have to wait. Uh, we're going to do all the process and we're going to let you know what are the next steps. And that's the process where I am right now. What is next? What am I going to do next? But it's moving so slow. And having them with a megaphone last night. Last, it was. Yeah, megaphone, last night they, they came back. Yeah. Yesterday they came three times. How did the neighbors respond? Did, did anybody come over and, and give you uh, any sort of uh, consolation? So I have. The first thing I have to say is. When you hear me screaming, why you didn't get out? When you hear me screaming, help me, why nobody got out? I only had one neighbor that actually has reached out to me. She even brought me donuts, that was really cute of her. Uh, she came back yesterday because she saw one of the young adults running. She mm -hmm. saw him running, so she came. But everybody else, what is interesting is, on Halloween, we were so excited walking on the neighborhood, right? And I saw a neighbor and I said, oh yeah, we just moved in. And she said, yeah, you guys are the ones with the gay flag. I just want to ask, like, why do you hate my kids? They haven't done anything wrong, nothing wrong. And if you have all of your signs saying, Jesus loves you, what about if you start by loving my kids? That's all I have to say. Um, yeah, we have a lot of Jesus dumping people who uh, do nothing that Jesus would stand for. 
We absolutely so, absolutely so. Anyway, folks, uh, first of all, Norman says the woke haters would want you to ignore history, generational poverty, malnutrition, or all the fault of the individual and one's family, not because of denial of opportunity to ancestors preventing wealth, which can be gen generally demonstrated. I spoke about that at KPFT. I was going to speak about it today, but it kind of got out of hand with me listening to making sure this is your all show, so I had to do what you guys wrote about, but I'll try to talk about that tomorrow anyhow um let's see what else we got here uh not only still let's see what else we got here I, I'm, I'm gonna have to skip some of yours uh some of uh, some's in here um there's one that i want to hit up daniel edo says and here is egberto uh trying to make the movie about race it was not about race it was about class but by now we all know egberto will lie and mislead to forward propaganda so what i decided to do while while i was watching this or playing this for you guys is just show you how, you know, again, brother Daniel Ledope shoots from the hip, but I want to make sure other people are well aware of what the reality is. This is how, this is a clip that I told you guys about, uh, where, if, if, remember, Daniel says it's not about race, right? Check this out. You mean keep Valentine on as managing director? Do you really believe I would have a nigger run our family business, Randolph? Of course not. Neither would I. Okay, so let's go ahead, uh, Mr. Ledo. It's definitely not about race, Mr. Ledo. It's definitely not about race. I just, you know how Egberto would lie to you, right? Egberto will lie to you. It's not about race. Sir, the, the great thing about the world today is you can have your proof right then and there. And Bruce got upset. Whatever happened to Jamie Lee Curtis? I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She was one of my, like, go, number one. I mean, she was, I always thought she was fine, right? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was a part of the movie. I think she played a prostitute in that movie or the, that, that the guy went to when he lost. I don't remember if she was a prostitute or a girlfriend, something like that in the movie. And yes, Michael, you're right. It was trading places was with the uh, orange juice commodities that they cornered. Uh, let's see what else I have here. I have the movie on DVD and your version of the movie is wrong. No disrespect meant you're wrong on this rare occasion. Um, actually, I watched the movie several times. What am I wrong about in the movie at all, um, Mr. Carl Cox? I, I'm curious to find out. Okay, it's a commodities market trader, not... St oh, that! I told you I wasn't sure about if it's a market trader or... I, I thought it was a stockbroker or something like that, but you said it's a commodities market trader. I stand corrected. No joint smoked in the movie. Actually, Eddie Murphy was smoking a, something in, on the toilet and he ate it. If you remember the part of the movie, look for it. After they came into the, uh, he was smoking a joint. And when they came into the bathroom, he burnt his tongue, swallowing the joint. Take a look at it again and come back uh, and uh, come back again. Anyway, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Paul Fleming says, when you are comfortable in your own skin, no one can influence you. That's very much true. Uh, Egberto, that was terrible with, with, um, with Luisa. That is so true. They told Luisa... A whole bunch of uh, folks who saw Larissa's post, they told her to contact me. And um, so she actually, uh, then they, they told her to contact me and then they contacted me. And I said, you know what? I'm contacting her right away. So I called her Saturday and then I said, we need to talk about this. 
today if you have the time she said come on over so i had a few things to do then went over i had a, a hvjc meeting and after the hvjc meeting houston peace and justice center then went over there and did the interview with her so yeah that was horrible um we also have um let's see what else. The, the police officers in her case only served well we know that that's something we know about Yes, seriously, I would have and done it. New York babes. I know you wouldn't have taken that uh, breach, but she's not. She doesn't have your fortitude because I know you would have laid those guys down low. Breach says, Egberto Willis laughing my, you know what, off. Got an FB violation. Community standards were saying I would beat them. Oh my God. Sorry you got that beautiful. Uh, Carl Cox says, these punks are fascist trash. You know, I won't say the others. Uh, Michael says, Facebook doesn't understand the difference between exasperation and genuine threat of violence. Make sure and complain about it so it doesn't stay on your record, Breach. Make sure and say that it was a phrase that you use. All right, Daniel Ledo takes exception to this. He said, when I said firebomb, I was a liar. It was a bottle rocket. Such an effing liar, he calls me, right? A liar because I tell you my home was firebombed. Fire in the the, the, the the candles that they shoot off, bombed because it was bombed. There was no lie about that. It's amazing how uh, Ledo, and let me just show you guys uh, something else. Um, because a lot of times, you know, when, when people make silly statements like that, right? Um, it, it is good. It is good to refute them, not because... Uh, you know, because you really have to, but just because it's a good thing to do. So here's what I'm going to do. Another another thing for 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 uh, your consumption for those that are watching that don't necessarily see. This is how what happened to my home was reported by. I think it was, I don't remember which station this was. Check it out. A man in Kingwood caught someone on tape using fireworks to attack his home. The homeowner didn't want to talk about it on camera, but his neighbors have plenty to say. Here's KHOU 11 News reporter, Rux Russell. Along the tree-lined streets of a neighborhood known for its quiet nature. Not something you expect in the suburbs. Noise over a brazen prank few here can understand. It's really quiet out here, I mean, with my dog and my two kids and... You, know, you definitely don't expect that happening. We traveled to Kingwood after a homeowner sent us this surveillance video recorded late Sunday night by a camera in front of his house. You can see an intruder placing a fireworks rocket in one of the homeowner's trees. Moments later, it ignites, sparking a chain reaction of bright flashes that lit up the night sky. Huh. Yeah. We shared the video with people who live near the home where it happened. I am really shocked. I can't believe that they would... They would do something like that. That was that was personal property mailbox and seemed older and hateful to me. A sentiment shared by the victim, a well-known political activist in Kingwood who told us the person who did this could have hurt someone. And that's why Houston police are trying to locate the man responsible for the fireworks. I mean, I mean he'll be in shock. That frayed a lot of nerves. In Kingwood, Rux Russell, KHOU, 11 News. So let me just tell you, that was very dangerous. My daughter, when it happened, was at home then screaming. She thought, I mean, you would not imagine all those rockets that normally goes up into the sky and explode. They all exploded at my door. Do you know those big, the size of the rocket was this size, right? Huge. 
and you had a whole bunch of the Roman or whatever candles coming out and blowing on the home. So Daniel Lado can decide to say that it wasn't firebombed. I will repeat, my that was firebombing my home. They came to my home. So what I told uh, Luisa is, if they threaten to firebomb your home, don't just think that it won't out. Oh, not can't do that there. Don't don't think that for some reason because they say that, uh, you know the 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 the, the cop. Oh, that won't happen. They won't do that. Well, they did it, and that wasn't a kid who did that. That was not a kid. That was a man that walked. That was not a kid. All right. Let Let's be very careful about about that. Anyhow, folks. Um, you know, I, I want to thank you all for being here. I want to ask you guys to please support the program. Uh, we cannot do this at all without you. We cannot do this at all without you. So I want to ask you so kindly to support the program. And what I'm doing right now is I'm getting those links for you. Please go ahead. If you're so inclined, please remember to support us at Patreon, politicsunright.com slash patron. I need some patrons right now. Politicsunright.com says patrons. But if you want to find all the different ways in which you can support our program, go to politicsunright.com slash support. Politicsunright.com slash support. And, uh, you know, then then uh, you, you'll be able to help make a difference. Got a rocket with deals. <laughs> Stop it, Bridge. Stop it. Daniel Ledo. Daniel Ledo. Accusations in the mirror and persecution complexes run through people like it. It's amazing because, you know, we showed the evidence about the movie. We showed the evidence about the firebombing. So, you know, the idea is what I tell you. I got to get out of here, but I want to give, before I leave, I want to tell you guys one thing. Always remember this. One of the problems that progressives have is they don't refute these guys at every time. You can do it with civilly. And with this, to, to just prove how they are themselves wrong and lying. And that's what we do. Anyway, please support the program. Again, go to politicsandright.com slash support. Politicsandright.com slash support. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.